a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. to Reaction Monday here on Main Street Sports Today. Presented by me at Tennessee Bone and Joint, I'm Chris Yao. He is Mo Patton. Mo, what's going on, buddy? Not much, man. How was you, your Monday? Oh, my Monday has been fantastic. I uh, started it off this morning when I picked up Charlie. I've tweaked my back, and I've been waddling around the house all day. <laughs> well, um, tweaked back notwithstanding, I can beat you because I've been up since 3.15 this morning when I took Jody to the airport. Oh, brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Airport trips are never fun, especially at 3.30 in the morning. Not, well, never mind. (laughs) No, no, they're not. They're not. So I just, uh, sometimes you just do things, man. You know, I'll tell you though, (laughs) the traffic was probably really good at 3.30. It was also really good at 10 o'clock today. We didn't have a single, we didn't have merging delays in the traffic report this morning. Well, at 10 Night, o'clock? At 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, we almost always have some kind of merging delay. 65, 24 coming into town or 40 and, and 440. Really? Nothing. I mean, greener than Kermit the Frog. Hmm. Awesome. Wild. So I don't know what's going on on Monday. Maybe folks are already out trick-or-treating. <laughs> are y'all going trick-or-treating tonight? No, it's a, you know, I, I don't. Charlie doesn't have a costume. Like we don't, we, we haven't done a costume that yet. Could be we're, fixed. Well, we're a little, well, yeah, right now, if we, we went to Walmart and get her a costume, she'd have to be, you know, I don't even know, probably the dog from 101 Dalmatians or something. Poor thing. <laughs> she wouldn't have a costume at all. The, the, the last pick. <laughs> this isn't great parenting, Mr. Yeah. Now, Look, look, we don't live in a neighborhood and I like, I don't know, like, I'm not going to drive down Lewisburg Highway and just go to every house and take three hours. <laughs> so I like, I feel like, I feel like maybe if you don't live in a neighborhood, you probably shouldn't go to a neighborhood and like take their can. I don't know. Like, I don't know the, I don't know the proper procedure. The etiquette. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good question. Cause I've never not lived in. I should have just came to your neighborhood. That's what it, that's what I should have done. I should just came. <laughs> well, ideally, you'd be the only one coming to my neighborhood because, as I stated earlier, Jody is out of town, and which means you ain't got no candy. And if you did, you didn't eat it. <laughs> I'm 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 turning the porch light off and hoping people turn take it the off. Yeah, turn it so. off. Oh man, well, it's been a crazy Monday. Yeah, no doubt there, no doubt. <laughs> It's been crazier for some than others. <laughs> well, there's, there's that, and we're gonna we're gonna get into it. We've got a jam packed show: college football reactions from the SEC, from the rest of the country, uh, the Preds. Uh, we'll talk a little NASCAR because look, I can't wait till Wednesday to show this clip. So we just got to talk about Ross Chastain, ASAP. Um, talk a little bit about high school football. We're gonna get into a lot. So. Without further ado, we go to the weekend results and today's very, 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 very short schedule 
on the rundown. This is the rundown. The Monday Rundown is brought to you by Zion Christian Academy. ZCA offers a faith-based, Christ-centered education in Murray County. Give them a call today at 931-388-5831 or visit zioneagles.org to schedule your appointment today. Zion Christian Academy, prepared for college, equipped for purpose. Baylor down Father Ryan 38-21 to in high school football action. It was Beach 37-7 to over Rossview. Lipscomb Academy. Uh, trounced BGA 70 to nothing and Blackman 26 14 winners over Siegel. It was Brentwood 15 Centennial 9. Uh, Brentwood Academy down to MUS 35 to 7. Innsworth 42 28 winners over Briarcrest Christian while Cane Ridge shut out Maplewood 42 zip. Chattanooga Central down Liberty Creek 37 to 13 while Cheatham County got a 29 to 9 win over Stewart County. Clarksville defeated Gallatin 28-7. Also, Clarksville Academy defeated Mount Juliet Christian 49-13. Clarksville Northeast got the Clarksville Northeast got the 35-32 win over Kenwood, while Springfield down Clarksville Northwest 42-0. Columbia Central closed out the year with a 23-14 win over Spring Hill, while Christ Presbyterian Academy blanked Davidson Academy 41-0. Nolans will close out a 10-0 season with a 21-7 win over Franklin County. That's regular season for the Knights. Franklin Road Academy defeated Good Pasture 45-21. Columbia Academy grabbed a playoff berth with a 14-0 win at Franklin Grace. And Mount Juliet downed Crosstown rival Green Hill 26-19. Also in Wilson County, Wilson Central defeated Hillsborough 45-14. Ravenwood downed Independence 38-14. Jackson Central Mary was a 44-0 winner over Republic. Smyrna down John Overton 31-20. It was McGavick, 19-14 winners over Laverne. Creekwood shut out Lawrence County 36-0, while Lebanon got a 28-7 win over Warren County. Marshall County down Greenbrier 28-7, while NBA took care of Knoxville Catholic 56-24. It was McCauley 47, Pope Prep 21, and Pearl Cone 43-2 over Montgomery Central. Mount Pleasant, the Region 5-2A champions, went undefeated in league play after defeating Forrest 41 to nothing. It was Nashville Christian 42, Donaldson Christian 7, Oakland with a 49-7 win over Rockvale, Page all over Lincoln County 38-3, Henry County with a 47-0 win over Portland, Richland in a game that Yao was at, might have been the best game of the year, defeats Port, uh, L- Richland defeats Loretto. 41-40. There we go. Their second one-point game in three weeks. Riverdale with a 33-14 win over Stewart's Creek. Smith County upsets Nashville Christian 15-14. Station Camp with a 38-0 win over Hunter's Lane. Stratford defeats Jackson County 28-19. Cascade over Summertown 26-7. Summit Downs Franklin 34-21. Franklin finishes the year 0-10. Sycamore with a 20-12 win over Joe Burns. Tullahoma blanks Glencliff 49 nothing. Trousdale County 21, Watertown 7. Waverly wins Region 6-3A with a 33-22 win over Fairview. West Creek, is this right? Yes, it is. Huge, huge win for West Creek. West Creek defeats Hendersonville 30-21. Westmoreland with a 49-14 win over Harpeth. And Whitehouse blanks Crosstown rival Heritage 30 to nothing. 
Yeah, the, Twitter was a was a little crazy on Friday when I saw the West Creek score. Brady McIntyre me talking about it, and uh, it was just how how crazy is that? But uh, yeah, big win for pretty, West Creek. Pretty dang. Yeah, in girls soccer action, it was USJ shutting out Battleground Academy two to zip on Friday, and then on Saturday, Merrill Hyde completed their back-to-back state championship run with a 4 nothing win over Cumberland Gap, and Paige brings home the championship to Wil- uh, Williamson County. Also, Williams? for the second yeah. year in a row. For the second year in a row, over Murfreesboro Central, 3 nothing. College football action, Tennessee, <laughs> trouncing Kentucky, 44-6. to <laughs> Didn't see that coming. Yeah, MTSU, no, 24-14 winners over UTEP out in El Paso. Murray State, uh, just all over Tennessee State, 19-3 defensively. Big big game for the racers there. Jacksonville State shuts out Austin P in the second half for a 40-16 win over the Governors. And Faulkner, 44-30 winners over Cumberland. In NFL action on Monday, Malik Willis gets the win in his first career start as the Tennessee Titans defeat host Houston 17-10. NBA action, the Grizzlies drop a 124-123 decision to Utah. NHL action, the Preds get blanked by the Capitals 3-0. Tonight's schedule, 8 o'clock, Valley Sports South. The Grizzlies. I've never seen this before in the NBA. I got two teams playing. Reading. I got to start reading through the rundown so that I don't do this during the rundown. But the Grizzlies are at Utah at eight o'clock tonight on Valley Sports South. I guess they just flew on the same plane from Memphis to Utah. I I guess I've I've never seen that happen before outside of COVID. Yeah, and it's so and weird. A, Monday night football tonight. It's an all Ohio affair as Cincinnati goes to Cleveland. That's a seven fifteen kick on ESPN. And that is there no World Series tonight? Uh oh, I get I bet I don't know. Is it two two nights? They oh, didn't right. play last it, night, so it I feel is pretty tonight. sure they play tonight. Yep, it's at uh, seven seven oh three on Fox. Houston at Philadelphia, game three. Series is tied 1-1. That is your Runda. So, Mo, apparently Memphis played at Utah on Saturday. So they're playing a two-game series? With a day off in between. I've never seen this before. This is the weirdest thing. So they played at Utah Saturday, and they're yes. playing at Utah tonight. Yes. And Memphis just did a little sightseeing around Salt Lake City I, yesterday. I guess. I mean, that's that's the – I just – I've never seen that the before. Mormon Tabernacle Choir, I guess. I don't – I That's as good of a guess as any. I, that's pretty wild. That That's bizarre for the NBA to have it. Two games back to back. Two game series with a, with, a, a with off. an off. Yeah. Well, I mean, playing the same team back to back period is a little is unusual. Nutty, but in the same town. <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine, man. I have no guess. I have no <laughs> idea. I'm totally lost. Anyway, 
Let's do, drop into our top to. stories. We've got a lot to get to, and, and we'll start in uh, in Auburn, where <laughs> the uh, the Auburn Tigers. We we kept asking who was going to fire Brian Harson. Well, they didn't even hire the AD. They just said they were going to hire the AD, and that was and good then, enough. And that was good enough. <laughs> that was good enough. John mm. Cohen uh, made a phone call from Starkville, I guess, and said, "Hey, man." <laughs> It's not going to work out. <laughs> well, actually, what I'm reading is that this will be that the firing was something that John Cohen wouldn't have to deal with. But so who fired him? Uh, <laughs> I guess the interim AD or the president or they. Did, uh, well, I mean, as you sent me the press release, they didn't even name him. So the, what what exactly does this press release say? Um. The press release reads, you got it. Auburn University has decided to make a change in leadership of the Auburn University football program. President Roberts made the decision after a thorough review and evaluation of all aspects of the football program. Uh, it just says leadership of the Auburn football program. I, I mean, I guess that just assumed to be Brian Harson if they don't name him. Uh. <laughs> I well, I mean, if if who, Brian Harson is not the leadership of the Auburn University football program, I don't know who is. So, well, if he was showing much leadership, I don't know if anybody's seen it recently. Well, which is why he's no longer there. <laughs> he's looking for. Well, I don't know if he's looking for a job. He's about to get seven. He may not million. be. He may not be looking for a job. But I think a job will probably find him because. Auburn there are enough the out there vacancy created since the start of the season. And, you know, we, we went through a stretch of one, two, three, four straight black Mondays, including Wisconsin and Colorado on the same day. Then we got a little bit of a lull and I guess Harson got lulled into a false sense of security because four weeks later, the hammer fell there. So, <laughs> He showed up today dressed uh, in costume as an SEC football coach. Well, you know, what's funny, um, somebody said that Brian Harson got fired on Nick Saban's birthday, which I guess is better than Brian Harson getting fired on Brian Harson's birthday, which is tomorrow. It's <laughs> phenomenal. I don't know. All things considered, it might have been a heck of a birthday gift. I, I mean, I'd take 7.5 mil, but I mean... You got to feel like to some degree he was as ready to be gone as they were ready for him to be gone. Oh, 100%. But he wasn't going to tell them that. No. no. He wasn't quitting. Especially with 7.5 mil due in 30 days and another 7.5 million coming at some point thereafter. Now I know, and again, I understand what must be done eventually, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <clears throat> but if he gets a power five job like Arizona or Colorado or yeah. I'm sorry, Arizona state or Colorado or whatever, mm-hmm. how bad does that suck? If you're Auburn, because they would have had to pay you a buyout of his contract. <laughs> and instead you've now paid 15.5 million total 7.5 in 30 days. Well, and, and I wonder now, I wonder 
if there is any offset language in his contract where if he takes another job that the other 7.5 million wouldn't be due now this this 7.5 that's due in 30 days i, I mean i don't think he's going to take another job in the, in the next 30 days it kind of like the butch jones situation where yeah uh you know he was an analyst an unpaid analyst in alabama while we were paying him to oh he was paid oh yeah well, <laughs> just not was, by alabama just not by alabama exactly uh <laughs> i wonder that that very well could be part of it uh it, it could say that of uh-oh lyle jones jr currently now he is number number five on the coaches hot seat.com hot seat rankings but harson is number two so i would assume butch moves up that's butch jones who is two and 17 at arkansas state after falling to what one and seven this weekend it's not good so i I mean yeah he's he's definitely moving up i'm i'm just i'm kind of i'm not surprised by this obviously i'm a little surprised by the the timing of the situation with hiring an ad i mean Clean but slate, not baby. For, but not forcing John Cohen to deal with this is probably a good thing. Yeah. Um, Clean slate. I mean, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to let you come in without this situation hanging over your head. Uh, we're going to let you clean it up, but at least you don't have to worry about the dismissal part of it. Now, what what is John Cohen going to do? John Cohen, by the way, a Mississippi State alum who was apparently uh, all but on his way out in really? Starkville. Yeah. Do I not mean, know this, that. This is a, he, was, he was apparently, they, they basically told him, yeah, you know, start looking for other jobs kind of thing. Because well, otherwise, well, why would he be looking to leave Mississippi State, right? His alma mater. Right. Former baseball coach there had some success. So, yeah. well, well, I mean, <laughs> would would this be falling up then if you were getting ready to be out the door at Mississippi State and you said, "Oh, okay, let me do this now"? Yeah, I mean, very possible. John Cohen, with whom I share a birthday, didn't realize that. I mean, birthday. Does he date. know that? Probably not. Okay. Uh, but you know. Uh, born in Tuscaloosa. Getting a little closer to home. Well, oh, or maybe not. Actually, no. Starkville <laughs> yeah, no, would be closer. No. But That's but interesting point. that a Tuscaloosa native, all, uh, Mississippi State alumnus. Certainly got ties <laughs> to the um, SEC West. Yeah. Um, seems like a weird guy to, <laughs> to call your, your AD if you're Auburn. I don't know. But. Well, I mean, uh, what were the options? I will. Sure. <laughs> I mean, it's, there's that. Uh, it's just good for John. I, I don't know who he's going to call. I don't know where he's going to go. I don't know what, don't know what he's thinking. But uh, uh, having, the, having your first order of business as an athletics director being 
hire a football coach. Yeah. Seems like a lot of Your mission should you decide to accept it. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems like a lot of pressure. In the well, especially at Auburn. Yeah. Well, in the SEC in general and at Auburn in particular. I'm just not sure I'd want to deal with it. Well, would you rather deal with it or would you rather be jobless? Because it sounds like those were John Cohen's two options. <laughs> I, guess, I guess if those are my options, I'll, I'll take the job. There we go. <laughs> Brian uh, Harson. So let me. Let me ask you: Is is the forty-one twenty-seven loss to to Arkansas is that the straw, or was it the stuff that went on last week leading up to the game with with them hemorrhaging, you know, transfers because they were refusing to redshirt kids? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I think it was probably just, you know, the way it was going to be. Uh, the last time Auburn lost to Arkansas, they fired their football coach. So who was that? Uh, Gene Chiswick. Chiswick. Okay. So. I mean, I I don't think it had anything to do with Arkansas. I just thought that was a unique parallel. Um, But it is is interesting to me that John Cohen, by Mississippi State fans' admission, now this is is coming, I don't know anything about this, is kind of, or, or was kind of, hesitant on NIL and didn't really want to embrace it at Mississippi (laughs) state. (laughs) That's. And Mississippi state's pretty well behind the eight ball at this point, because when he did decide to embrace it, he really didn't know what he was doing. And, and again, this is, this is coming from Mississippi state people, but Auburn is hiring an assistant athletics director to deal specifically with NIL because the NIL collective at Auburn is pretty big right now, like 13 and a half million big. So is that, is that going to be an issue going forward? Because if I guess if if John's saying, "Hey, I'm not going to deal with it. We've got an assistant AD to deal with it." Is that a is that the best case scenario for Auburn? I think it absolutely is. I mean, I mean, I don't know that you can necessarily expect any leader to be great at everything, sure. but if that leader is willing to acknowledge what he's not great at. And put some people in place that are. And I think that's, I kind of think that's the epitome of leadership. You know, this isn't my thing, but I'm not going to let the fact that I personally am not great at it make us be deficient at it. We're going to get somebody in here that knows this stuff and we're going to let them handle it. And I, I, I think that's a great thing. And, and, it, it, it might have been the thing that kind of sold Auburn on him or 
maybe that was something that Auburn said. You know, we know that this isn't your thing. We're going to get somebody to shore this up because we've got to be active. And he was like, absolutely. Sounds good to me. If yeah. I ain't got to deal with it. Yeah. By yeah all means. Sure. Have at it. I mean, uh, let me know what you're doing, but yeah, I'm, no, I ain't. My feelings ain't hurt. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Brian Harson, not the only person to be dismissed from the program today in the SEC. Veteran Florida linebacker Brenton Cox Jr. has been dismissed from the team. Billy oh. Napier announced on Monday. Uh, this comes moments after <laughs> Napier confirmed it moments after uh, Brenton Cox went to Twitter and said, this is not true. Well, apparently Napier didn't inform him, but that he was no longer part of the team, but uh, did in fact tell the media that it was time to move on from Cox and said it was a cumulative effect that led to Cox's dismissal. Uh, Cox appeared to punch Georgia running back Kenny McIntosh after McIntosh scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter of Sunday's loss to the Bulldogs. A redshirt junior, he led the team with eight tackles for loss, and in eight games he has 35 tackles, two sacks, and nine quarterback hurries. Uh, he began his career at Georgia before transferring to Florida under Mullen. And, yeah, so. How much eligibility does he have left? He's a redshirt junior, so I would assume just one year, but this is – I mean, this is a guy who was who was potentially into some had you know solid draft stock, mm-hmm. but not now. Well, well. <laughs> the draft stock is declining, Mister Cox. <laughs> Sorry. Meanwhile, Brian Harson is not the only college football coach in Alabama who lost his job this weekend, as um, Tuna, as you like to refer to. Oh, him. that's right. The University of North Alabama, the University of North Alabama dismissed Chris Willis, um, who led the lines through their transition from D2 to um, to FCS. Uh, North Alabama got off to a one and seven start um, in this his, I guess, fifth year. 2017 was his first year. They went five and five. Seven and three in 2018, then four and seven, oh and four, three and eight last year, and um, again, one and seven this year. I'm not sure who they lost to this weekend to get to one and seven, but apparently Central Arkansas. But okay. I mean, Central Arkansas is good, yeah. Well, apparently, that was something up with which the North Alabama leadership could not put so, um. Chris Willis is gone. Ryan Held, who was the OC, will be the the interim. Um, Not only was he the OC at uh, at North Alabama, but he actually uh, came from he was former assistant coach and player at Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Willis has spent, according to Football Scoop, Willis spent the past two decades on the UNA staff in various capacities. So, goodbye, Chris. We barely knew you. Man. He's not the guy who's going to take them to that next level. He got them to there, but he's not going to get them to the 
next level. Yeah, and, and sometimes that happens with guys who have been at the school in the program for an extended period of time like that. Sometimes you just need a different voice. Well, and sometimes you need someone who, who understands recruiting for the higher level. You know, this is a guy that's recruited for D2 for two decades. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, it, it's a little different. You it's need a higher caliber player. Yep. So, anyway, we have just completely top storied it all the way to the second break of the day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll but take them. I, I think I think it kind of needed it though. So. No, absolutely. I'm I'm not. I just can't believe we took 30 minutes <laughs> to get to it. But that's all right. We'll take our first break of the day. When we come back, we'll talk more SEC football, but from the weekend. So stick around here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Back after this. <laughs> Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990. Or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student-athletes in your community? Obviously, yes! Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries, and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in to Reaction Monday here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, the Hall of Famer, Mo Patton, joining you here on this Halloween edition. It's very, very spooky outside, very overcast. Nobody really likes that. Uh, It's kind of... I got nothing but... Dude... We talked about raking leaves. I got nothing but leaves in my backyard, in my front yard, on my deck. I tried to use the leaf blower this weekend. Didn't help. It's just because uh, they're wet. Well, I I got out there before it rained on Saturday and tried to spray them off in the, the 
the leaf blower eventually just died. That's how many leaves are on my deck. So I had to, had to plug <laughs> leaf it back blower up. threw up the white flag. Huh? <laughs> and I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. It's just, it's just, it's a, it's a fall situation. We find ourselves here on this, uh, this Nick Saban birthday. One of my what friends, is 68? 71. Well, yeah, yeah, mm. exactly. Mm. Uh, one of my friends actually dressed up for Halloween as Nick Saban and his girlfriend dressed up as oatmeal cream pies. <laughs> And that is a phenomenal couple's outfit. I'm just saying. <laughs> that's 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 pretty impressive. Hey, before we get too far away from the news of the day, Auburn coach Brian Harson getting fired. Um, hat tip to Loretto boys basketball coach Greg Tips at Coach Tips LHS, who has receipts. Lindy Sports Magazine 2021 rating new hires. Sarkeesian at Texas 9.0. Harson 8.5. Butch Jones to Arkansas State 8. Clark Lee 7.5. Josh Heifel 6.5. <laughs> Oops. So, yeah. Um, Probably should mention tips and a bunch of other basketball and wrestling coaches officially getting going today as high school basketball and wrestling practice officially starts across Tennessee today, officially. So you keep saying officially as if they've been unofficially practicing, though. I don't know what you're talking well, about. I mean, there, there are things that you can do legally right. that yeah. are not, practice but as uh, what made me think about it was i came across an old facebook tweet uh post and as long as kids aren't coming straight home from school as long as they're doing something they're practicing whatever it is they're doing i mean they might be conditioning they might be in the weight room they might be getting shots up without coaches around they're doing something so but yeah they can officially practice run plays with coaches in the gym now. So well that's exciting. It's exciting news. It is. Basketball's right around the corner, man. What are we? Two weeks away? Three weeks we, away? Yeah. And so. I am I am looking forward to it. Yeah. So but anyway. Well I as, for those of you who can see us right now, you can I'm sorry. tell that <laughs> You can tell that for the eighth consecutive week, <laughs> I'm wearing orange and white checkered button down on this show. And for the ninth consecutive week, I'll be doing it next week after Tennessee beats Georgia, right? For a guy who was scared about an eventual 38-point win, you're talking a lot of smack. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I was, that was a question. It was a question. That I being be, said, I'd, I'd be a lot more concerned with the next one than I was with the last one. If I were you. Certainly. Well, you know, here's the thing is Kentucky has a first round draft quarterback and Georgia's quarterback isn't, <laughs> is going to be selling insurance next year. That's what I was told. I, I draft Stetson Bennett before I draft Will <laughs> Levis. <laughs> and I not mean, bad an eye. I'm just saying, Tennessee rolled this weekend and Will Levis looked 
pretty bad against a secondary that at its best isn't great and was not at its best from a personnel standpoint Saturday night. Perhaps, perhaps that is their best. I mean, let's be honest here. It's the best. It's the best that that secondary has played all year. So maybe we just stick with those guys for a while. <laughs> just a thought. I'm, it's I'm, a thought, and and it's not a bad one. I mean, listen, we we talked with John Clay. This this Kentucky offensive line is putrid, and Tennessee's front seven dominated it. And that's how you win football games. You you can't you can't be a good quarterback if you aren't protected long enough to be a good quarterback. And he just wasn't. And I'm not saying that Will Levis, you know, is what 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 is it that makes him, according to Pro Football Focus yesterday, the number three pick in the 2023 draft? I mean, is it is it arm talent? Because, I mean, his interceptions got to the defensive players pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, it, yes, I think I think talent, his arm talent probably has more to do with it than anything. He he can make some throws, but even but his long throws, he there there should have been a pick six uh, on one of those from the outside hash. Uh, I don't remember, you know, he threw it to the left sideline. And Tennessee defender just straight dropped it, and it was it was a pick six. It was going for six, and you know, I I don't know. I much like Anthony Richardson, we've been saying this all year. We don't see what they see in Will Levis. Now I don't scout professional football players for a living, but. Perhaps some of these folks shouldn't be scouting pro football players for a living <laughs> because I just don't see it. And I, yeah. now, I, look, I, and this is—I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but kind of have to in this situation. I'm—I mean, I was on the Bailey Zappy train and thought he was a guy who could play at the next level, and clearly he's at least on the same level as a guy who was picked in the first round and Mac Jones, if not better. I mean, potentially I, I'm just saying that Will Levis is not going to be a franchise quarterback at the next level. He's just not. I am. Um, I'm not as big into making blanket absolute statements as you are which probably makes me a worse sports talk person <laughs> than you are you gotta but say it with your chest Mo. You well uh, I, I i don't <laughs> like being wrong is my biggest thing I, I don't see it for will levis right now again maybe there's some talent there maybe there's something to work with i'm not gonna say that there's not but you know there are other guys that I've been more impressed with at this level than him. And I don't see, I just don't see what it is that they see. I mean, and clearly I don't scout college 
or or professional football players either. So I mean, I don't I don't know, but I, I just wish I understood what it is that people see when they say this. You're he's right. A big kid, he throws the ball well. He's got a little mobility. Sure, but, he's got good footwork. He's got good arm strength. And and I'll and I'll say this, I was a Bo Nix apologist for three years because I basically said the exact same thing. You can't be a good quarterback without trusting that you have time to be a good quarterback. That's one of the things that makes Tennessee so good offensively is that their scheme allows their quarterback to not have to worry about it. Now, also, they've got a very talented and very experienced offensive line at Tennessee. So that makes a big difference too. Hendon Hooker can sit back there and feel comfortable. Kentucky has neither. They don't have a good scheme and they don't have a good offensive line, which does not bode well for a quarterback, no matter how good you are. Nope. I mean, that's just that those are the facts. And but and you're At you're watching level. Bo Nix. You're watching Bo Nix right now be the Bo Nix I've always thought he could be because two reasons. One, Pac-12 defensive lines aren't that good. And two, his offensive line is not so bad. So to me, it just feels like this is, you know, this is kind of that. And perhaps he will be able. But here's the thing is if he goes number three overall, he's not going to be behind an offensive line that's any good in the pros. <laughs> that's kind of the reason they're number three because overall. It, that's why that's why it's number three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you, you know, you find yourself in this is a Justin Fields situation. I mean, Justin Fields has had to make his success in in Chicago because of this this same mm-hmm. issue. So hey, look, I Will Levis may be a solid pro quarterback. But I, I don't think he's any better than Mac Jones, either collegiately or professionally. Well, I mean, Mac Jones was the greatest thing since sliced bread this time a year ago, right? Well, just like Will Levis, right? But I mean, he was with the Patriots doing it, though. I mean, I don't, I don't. I don't know what necessarily has happened with him all of a sudden. Maybe the book got out on him. I don't I don't know. It's it's just I, folks are gonna tell you that that draft projections like like recruiting is an inexact science. Um so Yeah, but if the people who were making these draft projections would just tell us that, then I'd be less critis critical. But those aren't the folks telling you that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's that's the problem for me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I I just you you got to take a lot of that stuff with a grain of salt. Clearly, but sure. I mean it, it's it's tough when when you keep hearing keep hearing it. Like again, I, I was on Twitter yesterday. yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yesterday after he went sixteen of twenty seven for ninety eight yards with three interceptions. It's like that Will Smith meme. Where he's just like doing the hands, like "hello." Yeah, like, like, like what? 
<laughs> or yeah. the Paul Bird. <laughs> Look here. <laughs> yeah, it, it, no it doesn't sense. make any sense. So whatever. Makes no sense. Now, that being said, forty-four to six, I didn't see coming. I was, I mean, I was watching the game in the third quarter, still worried that we were somehow going to blow it. And and that's just the pessimistic fan in me, for one. Well, I it's. I think I heard it referred to as BVS, and I guess that's battered ball syndrome. That makes sense. That's, that's, I mean, that's how I felt. I felt like, you know, we haven't got this thing in the bag until. Until it's 44 to six. Well, in the, the third, the third pick, because after the second pick, when they did, when they missed the field goal, he doinks the field goal. I'm like, crap, that's exactly what we need. Here we go. Mm, mm -hmm. And then you get a pick on the next year. I was like, okay, we, this over, we won. I don't know why it was. I don't know why it was the third pick. I don't know why it wasn't just you know. Well, we missed a field goal, not a big deal. We're still going to win this thing handily. But the third one, I was like, crap, this guy can't. He can't make a play. He can't make a play. And Robinson was out. And and I think I think Mark Stoops was probably saying about the same thing. Crap, this guy can't make a play. <laughs> so, and then the third interception where he has to he he runs back on the field thinking it's going to get overturned and then has yeah to right and then the and field. then he had to make the walk of shame yeah oh, that, that was, was funny that, that, no that was funny that was funny <laughs> oh, we're getting funny. this ball back no 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 no, no you're not. not and I thought it was the right call too I mean the ball did bounce but it bounced off his arm mm -hmm. never hit the ground so it was a good call oh man good day good yeah, day here's here's my question. How is Jalen Hyatt getting so wide open? Okay, so, and I heard this explained by someone who's much smarter than me as far as offensive philosophy is concerned. What they do tempo-wise with the different formations forces you to have to communicate quickly. Mm -hmm. And... It's very difficult to communicate as quickly as as Tennessee is able to snap the football. You're talking, you know, eight, nine seconds between plays. Mm -hmm. And when they make certain adjustments, like simply moving Cedric Tillman to the outside, putting Hyland in the slot, it it creates a completely different uh, a completely different coverage. So you hmm. go from being, you know, in a cover three where you're covering deep thirds, or maybe you're going from instead of a cover two with Hyatt on the outside, you think you need to go to cover three, and they didn't make the communication quick enough, so they didn't go to cover three. So the outside guy sticks with Tillman going over the middle, and Hyatt just runs to the pylon for a touchdown because it was supposed to be cover three instead of cover two, and nobody, nobody was really – was able to communicate it quick enough. So apparently that's part of it. I don't know. But it's always but Hyatt. 11. Well, and and I think that's the scheme. I think that's the point is you want Hyatt no matter what running the deep route because he can outrun everybody. Well, I mean, if you go back to the LSU game, it was the same situation. He was the guy that was just running wide open and nobody around. Right. And, and again, that's the scheme. The, the whole the point is to make the fly route the most difficult to cover. Mm -hmm. 
even though it should be the easiest to cover. So what they're doing is they're they're putting him in different places on the offense or in the offense, putting him at that slot or or if he is on the outside, they're running crossing patterns to get him in like a wheel situation. Mm-hmm. So essentially what they're doing is he is always running the same route. It's just hmm. a matter of if if Hendon Hooker reads that they're in a cover two and he needs him to be in cover three, then he switches the receivers. And if they can't communicate it quick enough, then, then it's six. It's over. It's six every time. So basically what I'm telling you is that Hendon Hooker reads defenses better than anybody on the planet. <laughs> well, pre-snap read, anyway. He, he he reads defenses better than Will Levis. Okay. Clearly. Because, <laughs> well, I mean, pre-snap. But, but he should read defenses better because he's 80 years old, right? Right. He's he's <laughs> He's been doing it for 25 years. Yeah, yeah. But it's it it is interesting to watch. It is interesting to watch if you if you watch the game unfold and the way that Hooker manipulates the defense, it's it's insane. That he may the reason, and this is this is some the reason that he only has one read during the play is because of how well he reads the defense pre-play Before. and manipulates it. That's the thing is that people people say, well, he only he, they're they're two man routes and he only has one read. Yeah, because he he intentionally set it up that way. <laughs> he meant to do that, and it's it really is impressive to watch. It's, I mean, and he's now it, the betting it, odds on betting favorite to win the Heisman. He it. Feels like this is an offense made for him, and you know the result is going to be that. Well, he's a system quarterback, but it'll be interesting to see what the next guy does. Joe Milton, I guess. Everybody's a system quarterback. Year. Yeah. Well, yeah, right. That's, and I mean, I don't get that. That's, I don't understand that why that's a negative that he's a system quarterback. We may but, not get to see him. Uh, see the next guy in in Josh Heupel's system. And the next guy in Josh Heupel's system might be Hennon Hooker. Because Tony Romo says that Josh Heupel is on every NFL radar there is. (laughs) Yeah, I saw that yesterday. Um, I don't know, man. I mean... That's a different beast. Ask Matt Rule. Well, let me ask you, you this, and 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 this is because every time it's been tried, it hasn't worked, right? That how mummy the Steve Spurriers the every air raid you know offense like this hasn't worked at the professional level, and you have to attribute that to the fact that everybody's so fast, right? Well, everybody's so fast, and I mean, there's a lot more film study and that kind of thing, so you can because there's no class. And yeah, I mean, you're not doing anything but football at that point. Yeah, so uh, I I just think that eventually, both the talent and the defenses kind of catch up to you on on some of that stuff. 
I don't know. I just because I I said it. I said I don't know why more professional teams aren't doing what Hypel is doing, but I guess that's it. I don't, I just don't know. But if you've got a guy who can run a two minute offense, I'd just run a two minute offense all the time. That's okay. <laughs> just what I do. Makes too much sense. But I, apparently that's not something you can do at the professional level, or at least you haven't been able to. Maybe now you can with the uh, with the way the game has evolved into, you know, with, with penalties and you can't touch receivers at all, it feels like, with the way that the passing game has kind of, you know, taken over, perhaps it's time. Hmm. I don't know. I'd be interested to see it. <laughs> it's an interesting thought. No but I don't doubt. want to see it with Josh Heupel. Can we get no. somebody else first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody, somebody else, try else it. do that. Let somebody else do that. Yeah. <laughs> Georgia pulls away late to beat Florida 42-20. Yeah, uh, what was it? It was 28-10 at one point, and then Florida scored twice and got it down to eight. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, 28-20. And then Georgia pulled away, like you said. And as good as Tennessee looks, Georgia just looks like they're on a different level in in every aspect to me. At times. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's – yeah. But maybe – Maybe they've not looked like that for 60 minutes because they haven't had to. Well, I'm, I mean, I go back to Kent State and Missouri, and I know it's Kent State and Missouri, and maybe they were just <laughs> overlooking them or whatever. But I mean, I, I Florida, they won them, whatever, whatever you're going to say. I mean, the bottom line is they won both those games and right. But what I'm know, saying and, is, and I just if, don't think, I just don't think, and, and we're going to talk about this ad nauseum, I'm sure, but I just don't think they're going to lose focus against Tennessee the way it appears that they did against Kent state or Missouri, because I, I can't imagine either of those teams was doing anything schematically that was giving Georgia problems. Missouri certainly has some kind of scheme giving somebody problems, including Shane Beamer. Oh. But well, I mean, yeah. if, if you want to compare Georgia and South Carolina, okay. But no, I'm yeah. just I'm just saying that was really more yeah. of a segue. Than, <laughs> than a, uh, but no, you're, you're right. It's Georgia. Georgia's not. They're going to be prepared. Okay. Mm-hmm. The, the fact is, they're going to be prepared as much as you can prepare for an offense like Tennessee's, you have to prepare for Tennessee's defense. You have to prepare to outscore them. And I don't think that the, I think the only offense in the country that can outscore them may be Georgia's. Mm -hmm. And that includes Ohio state. Who many might say has the best offense in the country. I don't Wrong know if or that's right. Accurate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is, I mean, Georgia did what they were supposed to do. Big win, good win. It's exactly what you expect Georgia to do, even, you know, against, even in a neutral site, 50 50 in, you know, in the stands, 
probably wasn't 50-50, probably far more Georgia fans, but supposed to be 50-50. And Stetson Bennett had a great ball game, 316 yards against Florida's defense. Now, as I said, Missouri <laughs> downing South Carolina. How about that? Talk about things you didn't see coming. No, I did not see that coming at all, man. And and I don't know if that's Missouri or if that's South Carolina, you know, not being ready for prime time or what exactly that was. But in 2310, I mean, it it's not like it wasn't a fluke. You know, that's a two-score game. You can't turn the ball over two times. Just can't. And that's what they did. I mean, if you, you know, you look at both of these teams, and again, South Carolina was ranked, and I said this last week, they were five and two, but they hadn't beaten anybody. Their five wins were all pretty pedestrian, pretty low level football mm. teams that they were beating. Uh, you know, I thought South Carolina was better than Missouri, just straight up, mm -hmm. but maybe not. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, you certainly don't feel like Shane Beamer got out coached, do you? Yeah. Well, so I what mean, was it? I don't, I don't know that that's as unreasonable a thought. I mean, I don't think Drinkwitz is necessarily a bad coach, and no, no, I don't, I don't know that. I don't know that Beamer is necessarily anything special. I just felt like one at the quarterback. I I thought South Carolina would have the edge in that ball game, but you know that gets negated with two turnovers, like you said. So, mm -hmm. but still, that and maybe two turnovers and Missouri scores all both of them, and that's where you get a two touchdown game. Uh, it was a trap game. They were looking ahead to Vanderbilt. Well, you know, say what you will, and I think I just saw somewhere. Has, has South Carolina beaten Vanderbilt 13 straight times? Is that right? Does that sound right? That very well could be. Well, yeah, I guess it could. But it's only a seven-point line now. This is a team that beat Where Texas is that A&M. game? Is, that's oh, here, right? It's in Van, yeah, it's in, in Nashville. I mean, South Carolina beat Texas A&M. What's that mean? <laughs> well, and that's kind of, you know, Ole Miss escaped. Now, granted, it was in College Station, and South Carolina beat them in, in Columbia. But... You know, they had just beaten Kentucky. Of course, it was without Will Levis. Then they beat Texas A&M. And you thought, okay, well, this team's fixing to roll off a couple wins before they get to Florida and Tennessee. And now, I mean, I think Vanderbilt can play with them. I kind <laughs> I mean, of feel like Vanderbilt can play with them as well. And, yes, um, South Carolina – Lost to Vanderbilt 24-17 in Columbia in 08 and has won every game since. So Listen, they got to win this game or they won't go to a bowl because they, they end the season with at Florida, Tennessee, and then at Clemson. 
This is for a bowl game. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, the, the way their schedule plays out, you're right. They, they got to get it here because you, you don't like them in any of those next three. So, but my goodness, they've, they've won some games. You didn't expect them to win prior to this. No, they, absolutely. I mean, I, heck, they should have beat Missouri. Yeah. So, so, I mean, so, so who knows? It's uh, it's who knows? the SEC. It's it's very difficult every week. Just ask, uh, well, any of them. All right. Well, um, we've got about thirty minutes left. We got a couple things we want to get to, so let's uh, keep going. We'll take a short break. When we come back, we will move on to. Uh, we'll move out of college football for a little while. We can talk about plenty of college football tomorrow because the college football rankings, the inaugural rankings for the season will come out uh, next or tomorrow. So we'll talk plenty of college football tomorrow. So we'll just move on to the Titans and uh, move around professional sports because we'll go from preps to pros here on Reaction Monday. Stick around. Main Street Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint returns after this. This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. AP Tennessee Sports Editor, three-time Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome, Teresa Walker. Former University of Tennessee, former Team USA Olympian, XI Young Award winner, R.A. Dickey. R.A., did I miss anything? Man, that was sweet. <laughs> yeah, I need to listen to that before I go to bed every night. That was nice. Has five sports Emmys. That's not bad for the other guy in Wham. Ryan McGee. <laughs> <laughs> other guy Wham married the best looking girl Bananarama, so other guy Wham had a pretty good life. From preps to pros, we're taking on the sports topics you care about. Tune in across Main Street Media social platforms at 2 p.m. or on demand on your podcast distribution platform of choice. Welcome back in Main Street Sports. They're presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Reaction Monday here. We react to a little bit of professional football. Tennessee Titans 17-10 to 10 yesterday. Winners over the Houston Texans. And Joe Rexrod, friend of the show, tweeted, mm-hmm. is this the most deceiving score in football history? History is a long time, but it certainly is deceiving. I mean, what did they score? 30-something seconds left? To make they, it they scored with, I think it was I think it was 17 seconds left. Like uh, it was it was late. <laughs> it was and, terribly and, late. And doubled their or not they, they had more yards on their final drive 90 than they did the entire game heading up to that point, which is why I was very angry because I was I was just rooting so hard for them to be held under 100 total yards. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just mean. I know, but I can't help it. It's, it's, I mean, how many times does that happen in pro football? Yeah. Yeah, not very. And, yes, 17 seconds I when they scored on a three-yard pass. Insane. But, look, Jeffrey Simmons was a madman yesterday. An absolute madman. On uh, a bum ankle. 
I'm, I'm sure you saw the play where he, I guess he got credited with the tackle, but I'm not sure he should have because he just threw an offensive lineman <laughs> right. into Pierce and Pierce went down. Pierce gets the handoff. Next thing he knows, he's getting hit with the back of his own offensive lineman. And I'm like, yeah. what just happened? And then I realized that Simmons just bull he couldn't the get guy there, right so he it. just threw the guy into him. So yeah, hey, you do it. <laughs> just insanity, man. Yeah. And and he did all of this again on a bum ankle. I don't know how bum that ankle was. I mean clearly to not too him. much. Because he was he was getting it done all game. Yeah, no question so, I mean, there. Kudos to him. If if the ankle was bad, he he played through it. But no, I kept him out of practice all week. So whatever that means. But look, the Titans, and you said it all week. If you're gonna have to play a game with your backup quarterback, this is the one to do it in. Because one, Derrick Henry, by the way, uh <laughs> And you gotta love this. If you if if you don't love if if you don't love this, I don't know what you're doing as a Titans fan. Derrick Henry becomes the all-time leading touchdown scorer in Titans slash Oilers history in Houston. <laughs> That's phenomenal. <laughs> he also uh, tied OJ and Austin Peterson with most 200 rushing yard games, and he's done it four straight times against the Houston Texans. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think the Texans are probably going to try to kidnap him the next time they get ready to play. <laughs> like, yeah, can we make sure that guy's not playing, please? You know what? What's the movie Celtic Pride? Is that what it? Is? Yes. Oh, that was such a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, I mean you got to do something because this guy's shredding you, and and I would think that was part of the thought process going into this ball game. I mean, certainly the, the, the Titans coaching staff is smarter than I am, but again, you've got a guy that's averaged 200 yards against the team. Uh, if, when is there a better time to go with a rookie quarterback here? Give it to this guy. Now, and Dontrell Hilliard had a couple of 83. long runs. I mean, he had 83 yards. Yeah. 83 yards at a couple over 20. I mean, it's, it was just, disgusting to watch to be honest with you i mean <laughs> and, and look malik willis is not ready anybody who said he was or said he could somehow take the starting job and never look back was not had no idea what they were talking about because it anybody with a with eyeballs watching malik willis practice knew he wasn't ready but but he did exactly what you needed him to do. He didn't turn the ball over. And he gave you additional options if necessary. He was Luckily, not necessary. Didn't work. Didn't was yeah, wasn't necessary. I mean, he, he, he wasn't as dynamic in the run game as I had ex anticipated him being. Um, I, I don't I think, think that, they tried to make him too dynamic. But I, I mean, I, I think. Point. I'm not sure. I mean, he took a couple of sacks that 
um, were probably related to a lack of protection as much. It, I think um, if that gets cleaned up, he has a better performance. And again, not sure what you would have expected out of him, but aside from the one interception, he took care of the ball. And no one interception was bad. Don't get me wrong. The one interception was bad. A division ball game on the road without their starting quarterback. And I'm not, I'm just not sure how much more realistically you could have asked for out of a rookie quarterback on the road. A lot of Titans fans in that in the stands as they were showing quite frequently. <laughs> on television. Well, yeah, it it wasn't in Nashville. I mean, no, yeah, I I I, I, I can't help it if Houston folks didn't come out and support their team. <laughs> no, I look, Malik Willis is he's not going to be the starting quarterback going forward. You know, it's when when Ryan Tannehill returns. That's just not going to happen right now. No, no, no. Is he going to get better? Absolutely. If he ever fixes his footwork, he's going to be almost impossible to stop. Mm -hmm. But the interception was far more due to footwork than it was arm strength. I mean, if you if you go back and watch where his feet were when he throws that football, Mm -hmm. he looks like he's throwing it like this with like shoulder square. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's yeah. just, it's, it's not it. And that was the problem and is what it is. Look, and, and trust me, Titans receivers are not getting separation from anybody, including nope. Texans defenders. So I don't really know what else you, I mean, it, Cody Hollister, that's the guy. <laughs> I mean, so, I'm, 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 a, I'm a little surprised he completed six balls to be honest. So, well, three of them were to Derrick Henry. Weren't they? And they were out of the backfield. He just dumped. He dumped a couple off to Henry. I'm pretty sure Henry had three no, catches. Not just one. One for nine. Robert um, Woods had two. Hilliard had one. Uh, two, that's had what it one. was. He dumped it off to Robert Woods on the mm-hmm. uh, when when it got tipped. The ball got tipped. Yeah. He was rolling to his left, and just kind of dumped it to the line of scrimmage and the ball got tipped woods come up with it and got a first down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it. Listen, I, I'm, all I'm talking about, I need the dub. I needed a dub. Now and this week, it. I need Ryan Tannehill. I don't, I don't think we can do this against the Kansas city chiefs. Nah, no. <laughs> so, so 17 uh, points is going to beat Kansas city. No, 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 it's not. Um, I mean, so I, I don't, I don't care out. how, I don't care how well you're playing defensively. You're, you're not holding Kansas City to 17. I would like to point out that Philadelphia and Houston play on Thursday. The over/under for first half points for Philadelphia is 13 and a half. I would bet almost every penny I have that the over is going to hit in that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you said first half? First half, 13 and a half points. I mean, so you don't think 
you don't think Philadelphia can score two touchdowns and get two extra points in the first no. half against Houston? I mean, I apparently Vegas doesn't. I do. Well, that, where I, where I would, does that I number would, come from? Yeah, I mean, that's. I would bet everything I own that they're going to cover that. Well, I, I think you should. Tennessee and Kansas City's Sunday night game, by the way. That'll be entertaining. <laughs> don't feel good about that one. No. I don't no, feel good don't. about that one, even with Tannehill, to be honest. No, I don't. Just for I the mean, reason that you stated a little bit ago, Tennessee's receivers aren't getting any kind of separation. They're bad. And the offensive line is bad at pass blocking. I, I don't feel comfortable with any of them. It is what it is. I'm glad that Malik Willis got some time. I'm glad. I'm mm -hmm. also glad that I'm not glad that he played the way he played. I'm. I'm glad that other people will shut up now <laughs> about benching Ryan Tannehill for Malik Willis. I mean, you, you couldn't have watched that game and thought, okay, this guy's the better option. Not right now. So hopefully, if nothing else, it will end that. For better or for worse. Mm -hmm. So again, Titans move to what five and two on the year. They're almost <laughs> go ahead and put that little X by their name, just about. <laughs> I mean, at this point. Well, I mean, who else in this division? I, you know, if not the Titans, who? I mean, they're two games ahead of Indianapolis, who sits in second place with the tiebreaker. Mm hmm. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, Jacksonville's terrible. Clearly. Yeah, anybody, anybody watched them on Sunday morning? I did. They were, they were awful. <laughs> Trying to throw the ball first and goal from the one. What, what, what are we doing? Doug Marone should be should have been fired right then. Literally, right then. Fired. Because apparently he calls plays. I didn't know that. Oh, really? Yeah. The former head coach is not a play caller? Uh, he is the head coach, is he not? Marone? No. Who is their head coach then? Who is their head coach? I don't are you sure? No, I'm not sure. Doug Peterson is their head coach. Peterson, that's what I meant. And Crap. he probably does was, call the plays, yeah. He does. Sorry. Well, I mean, he's got a Super Bowl championship, so, I mean, whatever. Well, either way. Hmm? Either way. But He should have been fired right then. You know, to, to your Doug point, though, I mean... <laughs> The Titans have won five games. The rest of the division have combined for six. <laughs> that's that's just sickening. So. And here's the bad part, oh, is that we're stuck in draft purgatory because we can't not make the playoffs. <laughs> but you can't get another good pick. Can't, which but, means you're but, screwed in the first round. But but, but as you've said, though, 
It's not like J Rob's going to hit on a first rounder anyway. Yeah, but we could trade it. We, we could trade a top 12 pick a lot easier than we can trade a top 20 pick or 22nd. <laughs> a lot easier that? to do that. Yeah. Instead, we got to pick 22nd every year. And maybe that's why I can't hit one. I mean, it's it's unfortunate. But hopefully Traylon Burks will make his return sooner. Kyle Phillips won. I don't know. I know Kyle's well, out. Simmons was a first-rounder, right? Simmons is the only first-rounder in the last seven years that has played any significant time well for this team. I, I saw a tweet the other day that, that listed all of J-Rob's first-round picks, and it said one of these is not like the other. Now, obviously, <laughs> Burks Burks still needs time. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he's certainly I mean, you, not you, – you, he's not giving you what you would have hoped for out of a first-round receiver because he hasn't been on the field, and that's mm-hmm. not all yeah. his fault either. Um, And secondly, you know, you, you just keep going backwards, and obviously Isaiah Wilson – Rashawn Evans. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> look, Rashawn Ooh. Evans should have been a he he should have been a no doubt, no doubter. I mean, linebacker from Alabama who was just a freak in the at the college level. I okay. can't I can't be I cannot be mad at J Rob for picking Rashawn Evans as long as Okay, so so his first first rounder was Jack Conklin. In okay. 16. <laughs> well, <laughs> he, he was okay. I mean, compared to some of this list, I mean, he was, he was certainly serviceable and then he, he left. He's a Cleveland now. Um, Corey Davis, Conklin was the five, the eight pick in the 2016 Corey Davis. They got with the number five pick and a Dory Jackson with the 18 pick in 27, uh, 2017. Rashawn, okay, I'll, took... I'll give a Dory Jackson. That's a solid pick. Okay. Um, Evans went 22nd and 18. Simmons went 19th and 19. <laughs> Isaiah and Wilson, then, Caleb Farley, uh, and Traylon Burks. It's just not yeah. been great. Yeah, no, it's it's not been great. So I mean, Corey Davis, probably not a number, not a number one guy, but I'd sure like to freaking have him right now. <laughs> I mean, based on what we've got. Mm-hmm. So, so, so I get it. Either way, it's it's rough. It is. It's rough out there for the Titans fans. And, <laughs> of course, it could be worse. You could be the Preds who are perhaps mm. even mm. worse. Mm. I mean. Well, they're, they're certainly not better. No, absolutely not. Just uh, – that this team is atrocious on power plays, by the way. Again, uh, the, I mean, yes. I thought they fixed that last year. No, no, this is absolutely atrocious. When I tell you, I've never seen a team that just goes out there and and look, they can barely handle the puck in their in in the opponent's zone on power plays with an extra player. Let me tell you what that means for when there are five players on both sides. When they're at even strength, yeah. It's not good. It's real bad, actually. So, I mean, and apparently... For all that, though, 
they're only four points out of first place. I mean, the Stars are five, three, and one. The Preds are three, five, and one. Yeah. Um, that well, I mean, getting two wins overseas helped. They've only won one game in the NHL. Well, domestically. So that's, I mean, and apparently folks have figured out UC Soros. Um, they've, they've found his weakness and it's, it's up high because he's not as tall as Pekka. Mm-hmm. And so that's become an issue and he's going to have to make some adjustments somehow. The problem is that when you make adjustments high, it leaves you vulnerable low mm-hmm. and height is not something you can really, you, you know, can't fix that. Fix. Either you get it or you don't at his age. <laughs> I mean, he, there there is no growth spurt heading his way. So that's unfortunate. Anyway, let's take our final break of the day, Mo, and we'll we'll come back and briefly talk about uh, what happened in high school football over the weekend, setting up the playoffs. So stick around here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990. Or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931 388 8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931 388 5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931 388 5731 and schedule your tour today. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Final segment of the day here on Reaction Monday, reacting to a little bit of high school football from over the weekend. Uh, Region 7-6A, Mo, <laughs> got a little crazy. 
Well, I mean, as as we kind of knew it would, when you got four teams all with a shot at winning the region or finishing fourth, and obviously things broke wrong for Centennial. Um, or for Bartlett. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that, because, I mean, if you're the number one seed in your region and you've got an eight and two team coming into your place, it's not a great feeling. So yeah, I, and I, I totally see where you're coming from and, and that might be the best way to look at it. Um, I mean, I, if I'm Bartlett, I'm mad. <laughs> I mean, like, are you kidding me? Like this is, this is what what's going to happen right here. I mean, you, and then Ravenwood getting eight and two Germantown for number four team out of that region. Of course, Ravenwood six and four too. It, so. I, this is what I'm saying. I mean, it's mm. it, it looks a little weird when you look at this at these matchups. Number one, six and four. Number four, eight and two. Number one, eight and two. Number four, eight and two. <laughs> yeah. Every uh, everybody in Region Eight finished the season eight and two. By the way, everybody, all four teams that made the playoffs. And I don't know how you do that. that that's pretty <laughs> that's amazing. Insane. That's that's pretty amazing, but. I mean, to to Ravenwood and and Independence's credit in particular, you know, both those teams played monstrous schedules. They did. And, you know, even though Ravenwood comes in at six and four and Independence comes in at five and five, you like to think that you took those lumps to get yourself ready for, you know, Friday night, basically. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see how well that works. Um, like you said, Germantown comes to Ravenwood. Indy goes to Houston. Um, Brentwood hosts Collierville and Centennial, 8-2, 10th ranked this week in the final AP poll. Centennial goes to uh, number seven Bartlett, I believe. Let me double check that. The, the most recent rankings just released not too long ago. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Uh, my computer's not cooperating, but yeah, let's That's... see. Um, Bartlett, yeah, Bartlett 7, Centennial's 10. So it's a heck of a matchup. It is. Top 10 matchup in round one. No, I, I mean, great. I don't know that I don't know that there's another one of those anywhere no. in the state, actually, or certainly not in 6A. So, uh, Smith County with the upset over East Nashville didn't see that coming. No, I don't think anybody saw that coming. I'm not even sure Smith County saw that coming, to be honest. So, um, what 15 14 the final in that 15 14, which was a popular score in region championship games, by the way. Lewis County defeating uh Decatur County Riverside 15 14. So, I, I guess somebody went for two in both cases. Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, but that means that you know Loretto is going to go to Riverside, and that's not. I, I don't think Loretto is a team that Riverside necessarily wants to see either. I mean, Loretto only lost to Lewis County twenty eight what twenty eight thirteen, and that was early in the year before they really kind of got their groove going. I, yeah, I mean you can you can speak to this better than I can because you've seen them more recently. I saw Loretto twice, probably in the first half of the season against Mount Pleasant and then against um, Summertown. But their offense, man, 
with Carter Daniel at the trigger, I mean, he's thrown for 2,100 yards and 17 touchdowns, and and they've got some receivers. And you hear a lot about Caden Porter in the running game, but Jaden Schultz is he's the guy. Is, is a nice he's a nice number two back for sure. Jaden Schultz is he's the key. I'm telling you because he's kind of the you know he's kind of the north and south guy. Mm-hmm. And I saw him push three Richland defenders for an extra three yards. And well, I mean, he's got fresh legs, big. and he's got fresh legs when he comes in there because Porter, yeah, pounds you. I mean, what did he have? Thirty carries the other night for two eighty four. Right, but uh, I don't remember what Schultz had, but you know, it, it looks like he's at top speed as soon as he takes the handoff. He's he he's he's a he's going to be a key. I'm telling you, he's going to be a key. I, if I'm Riverside, I'm I'm worried. Hmm. <laughs> Four and six, Loretto doesn't that 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 record is not indicative of this team. I promise you. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't think it is either. And then, um, opposite that game, that winner gets Mount Pleasant Scotts Hill. <laughs> yeah, Mount Pleasant Scotts Hill, which Mount Pleasant's already beaten Scotts Hill what forty three to nothing yeah. back in week two. I don't think it was nothing. Well, was, was it 43-2 then? No, I think there was a, a – I don't remember. It was either nothing or two. <laughs> they beat East Hickman by two. I thought they gave up a defensive touchdown or something late. I don't remember. Yeah. But, anyway, um, I couldn't tell you then, because Max Preps has it as a forfeit. Anyway, um, <laughs> so that tell, that right there tells you what you need to know about Max Preps. But uh, the other side of that bracket is Adamsville at Richland. Adamsville five and five, Richland eight and two, following that forty-one forty win over Loretto, and then um, Cascade goes to Lewis County, the Region six three uh, six two A champ. Lewis yep. County nine and one, Cascade six and four. So. We're going to. We're going to be talking about the playoffs pretty much for the rest of the week. Obviously, on Thursday, we will get deep into it where we talk pretty much all preps all day long. So if you're looking to get a little little preview of the, the, the playoff action coming your way here in high school football, Tennessee high school football, we're going to have plenty of it this week. So make sure to stick with us. Again, we'll react to the rest of college football tomorrow. We'll preview what we think the college football playoff rankings might look like. Uh, we'll have a lot more, including Top 5 Tuesday and Chip Walters on his trip back from Rose's Cantina. Glad he made it back. (laughs) Felina did not whirl and keep him there. Sad day. He'll be back with us tomorrow as well. So all that and more on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. But for now, we say so long. Toodaloo. Tomorrow, 2 o'clock. See you then.